Hello, you are listening to Maghreb in Past and Present Podcasts, a space dedicated to history, art, culture, politics, sociology, anthropology, and many other subjects. This episode was recorded on July 31st, 2021, at the Tangier American Legation Institute for Moroccan Studies. In this podcast, we welcome back to Tangier, Sufian Shinig. Sufian Shinig is a first-year PhD student of anthropology at the Berlin Graduate School of Muslim Cultures and Societies at the Freie Universität in Berlin. His research in anthropology is on writing and painting on walls in Morocco and Jordan. Sufian also holds an MA in Sociology and Anthropology from Hassan II University in Mohammedia and a BA in Sociology from Mohammed V University. Alongside his academic work, Sufian is also very active in promoting Moroccan cultural heritage and evaluating urban policies in the country and especially in his hometown of Saleh. Welcome back to Tangier, Sufian. Thank it's a pleasure you. to see you again. Yeah, it's a pleasure to see you too. Let's begin by just talking about your title, graffiti and other public street arts. What kind of differences do you make in your terminology when you talk about graffiti and murals and other things? Yeah, thanks for this question. Um, I'm happy to be here with you, like uh, for the second time in uh, Tangier. I'm working on wall writings, graffiti and street art. And I wanted to mention the three terms because first, we have like in the literature about graffiti and street art, that they differentiate between them. Like graffiti is always seen as underground, seen as scribbles on walls, uh, illegal, without permission. So it's always linked to, I mean, as it is perceived, to gangs, to, um, to crime and stuff. But this is not my definition, but this is how it is perceived. And it is always like um, a game of power when it comes to identifying or defining graffiti. And for street art, it is more linked to images, um, unlike graffiti. Graffiti is about like writing, it's like littering. But for street art, it's about like big murals, um, images, symbols and stuff. And it's also seen through big murals on surfaces, on walls, on, on buildings. And it's always permitted or encouraged by authorities or local governments. And for wall writings, it's the forms of writings by ordinary people or by religious groups. So it's not styled as graffiti. Graffiti uh-huh. is more about like fluffy or bubbles and different styles of lettering. But wall writings can be just like ordinary handwriting. It's not uh, stylish. So for me, I wanted to include all these categories of writing and painting. That's great. I know in our neighborhood, graffiti is often about football teams. Yeah, that's true. Um, what kind of concerns and social experience do forms of wall writings and murals express in Jordan and Morocco? Both different forms of expression as, as well as forms of social experiences that they share between the two countries. Yeah. I want to explore this question because in Morocco, for instance, in my first case, it's a country where Islam is dominant and it's a Sunni Islam imbued with Sufism and with the Arab nationalism. But originally Morocco like, uh, is an Amazigh country. It's like a different language, different culture, which is different than the one in the Middle East, for instance. So when it comes to symbols and visual culture, Morocco has its own culture. 
And I mean, I don't mean that Morocco is like one culture because like it's not a term that we use in anthropology nowadays. But I want to say that within Morocco, we have this Arab heritage, this Andalusian heritage and this Amazigh heritage. So when it comes to paintings or not like some official paintings that the government adopts. So here, my question, what kind of symbols they adopt? And when we have some murals painted on walls in public space, I want to know what kind of images, what kind of concerns these murals express. And for Jordan, it's the same case. Like for Jordan is like a, a Hashemite uh, Alawite kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also have different groups. They have like Jordanians, Bedouins, Transjordanians. They have Palestinian refugees and Palestinians who were born in Jordan. So when it comes to narratives and symbols, and it's also really problematic. So when you see some murals and, or some graffiti writings in Amman, for instance, that I have observed, you just put the question to which group this narrative of graffiti writing uh, belongs to. So because like now we have this trend of uh, national governments, they want to promote art in order to spread a kind of narrative and a kind of images and imagery to build the... Uh, the habitus or mind of people or orient their um, visualization. And for me, I want to know that. And yeah. And going specifically to graffiti and other wall writings, are you interested in only political or religious kind of graffiti or are you interested in all forms, whether it's about sports or whether it's yeah. just about the neighborhood or something? Yeah. Um, more informal. When I wanted to work in Morocco on Jordan, I did like a research on what has been written on street art and graffiti mm -hmm. in the MENA region. And what I have found that like this question has been always linked to politics. And especially during the Arab Spring in 2010 and 11. But like the case of Morocco is totally different. It like hasn't, they haven't witnessed this kind of Arab Spring as it was or as it took place in Tunisia, Algeria, Egypt, Syria, for instance. Mm -hmm. So for me, I want to know what are the cultural dimensions of this practice, despite um, the political dimension of it. So like different studies now, they are talking about activism, linking art to activism. But like for me, I want to work on that, but not exclusively. I want to see like other cultural forms of cultural expressions and how the national identity is being like translated through these that's, art forms. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess I have a, a bigger question, but just a technical yeah. question. It, here in Morocco, have you noticed that the, you talk about different languages yeah. and they all have different alphabets. Yeah. Do you notice uh, graffiti written in Amazigh script, written of course in Arabic, written in wrote in Latin script, whether it's French or English, whatever, in some other language? Yeah, it's a, it's a good observation uh, from your side. Now, I haven't, I haven't observed any um, graffiti or uh, mural um, like that has some um, Amazigh script. It's, um, it's like really r rare. And it's either in French, English or Arabic. And that's why for me, I want to know why, why they are not using like uh, the Amazigh script and why just like using this uh, English or French form. Maybe it's like for purpose to be like a part of the international community of street art, mm -hmm. but also using Arabic to have some agency. 
But the question of why they are not using Amazon script is like a question that I want to discuss to with uh, street artists and graffiti writers. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it gives you a good reason to go visit parts of Morocco where yeah. Amazon is the that is very very widely spoken. That's true. So. But on the contrary, like you could you you can still find some uh, Amazigh symbols, these like traditional ones, tri triangles and stuff. You can still find it. But when it comes to script, no, it's it's, it's not there. Thanks. When you're talking about uh, graffiti wall writings yeah. and murals, we began by discussing the government. Um, how is it structured and practiced within other contexts? Yes, legal. You mentioned religious. Um, and other socio-cultural yeah. cultures, both within and outside of those structures. Yeah, that's part of your research too. Yes, that's true. And um, in both countries. Yeah, in, in Morocco and Jordan. Um, first, when it comes to the practice of graffiti and street art in Morocco and Jordan, like it's kind of similar. Like generally speaking, um, there are uh, different associations that are organizing street art festivals. We have one in Rabat, Jidar, and one in Casablanca, Sbaga, 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 Baga, and the, the two associations are linked. For Jordan, we have Beledek, correctly translated, your country, mm -hmm. and the name has a significant. For me, since we have different groups, different narratives in Morocco and Jordan, different heritage, different backgrounds, I want to know how the government, how practitioners, and how also religious groups are investing in public space but also how this practice is being oriented. When it comes to street art, now it's like being funded by the government. And in Jordan, it's going to be funded by the Royal Diwan next year. So what kind of messages will be spread if we are to fund the street art practice in Jordan, for instance? So when I give you money to organize a festival, I also ask you to not cross the red line, mm -hmm. not to talk about something that I don't like or that may hurt me or may have an influence on me. Also, street art and graffiti they are generally defined as a secular practice, as a Western practice. That's why when it comes to Islamic countries or where Islam is, is dominant, mm -hmm. um, I want to know like how Islamic groups are also perceiving these kind of murals and images because there is a trend or some Islamic doctrines, they are against images, especially when it comes to three dimension, they are against it. So for me, I want to know all these groups, like authorities, street artists and graffiti writers, and also religious groups, they are uh, competing over public space and also over narratives. And how this practice, like within authorities, I mean, if you are a street artist and you want to paint murals, you are not outside the system. You have to collaborate with authorities and gain a permission. So this is within. You are not outside. If you are to resist by painting a mural that shows your background, for instance, or your cause, you have to deal with that. You have to deal with the message that you want to spray on a wall, for mm -hmm. instance. But for religious groups, they are also investing in public space. They are writing hadith and erasing some graffiti writings. So for me, I want to know how everything is being practiced like against each other and collaborating at the same time. So there is religious graffiti? I would say so. In Amman, I have seen like yeah. many things like praying for the Prophet, asking Allah for the righteous way mm -hmm. and writing some verses. So it's kind of like putting a pressure or like Islamizing 
public space to an extent. I mean, this is just like for now, but still have to collect like more data on that. But not so much murals. No, no. And this is a question I want to elaborate. Like why religious writings is just about writings. Why it's not about images, for instance. Right. Is there something like against images or dimensions? What about the relations? You mentioned that in some instances, these are state-sanctioned projects for murals. Are the artists receiving funding directly from state or other institutions to paint these murals? These are not uniquely the artist is inspired and the artist creates a mural, but is not looking for payment for the mural. In this case, there's an actual transaction. For the artists, they are called by the associations. The association existed in Jordan like receive money from the government and other institutions like foreign embassies. So it's like a kind of collaboration. So artists work with the association. So the associations like become kind of a mediator. And this is how they work. But when it comes to some graffiti writers, they are not included in this kind of street art because like they are more underground. So working with an association or collaborating, it's kind of being with or within the system. And this is what defines what is street art and what is graffiti. Because if you are having a kind of a message that is against mm -hmm. the government, you will be defined as a graffiti writer and you will not be able to participate in these street art right. festivals, for mm -hmm. instance. And it's the case as well in Amman and Rabat and Casablanca, for instance. Do you find in the cities where you've done research that some graffiti is specifically about the neighborhood itself not so much about the government but more personal graffiti you yeah. know somebody loves somebody yeah it's just the kind of graffiti that somebody creates you find lots of examples of that as well yeah this is like uh, why i want to keep my like perspective very open and that's why i'm using wall writings because sometimes it's not about street artists, it's not about graffiti writers, it's not about groups, not about organizations or crows, it's just about ordinary people expressing themselves. Yeah. So graffiti has always been like an ancient practice, yeah. and that's why you can find like themes about love, education, friendship, and um, there is now like a graffiti writing in Rabat next to the cathedral mm -hmm. in Hassan, and it's about like homosexuality and they are expressing how the Moroccan system is oppressing uh, the LGBTQ community. So it's about ordinary people. It's not like in a side, just like handwriting in a normal mm -hmm. way. Oh. And you can also find that in Jordan, for instance, about like someone loves someone or learn Arabic, for instance, it gives manhood and um, mm -hmm. similar expressions. That's great. And with murals, I am just curious, have you found examples of owners of buildings who just permit an artist, they give permission to an artist to paint a mural on their building outside of any sort of public sponsorship? Have you found any examples? I see a lot in Rabat, and I just I always ask myself, somebody owns this building, how did the owner of this building decide to put a mural on a private building, not a government building? Yeah. Yeah, I ha I've seen some, but I would say it's more in Amman because like Rabat, it, it's kind of complicated. Uh, when it comes to the city center, it's a um, cultural heritage, like a heritage from the colonial experience. Right. And that's why you cannot prey on it. 
So they choose some specific places. And even if you are owning a house, it's your private property, but you cannot like paint um, on, on the wall because like it's a public image or a public wall and it's still a cultural landmark. But in Amman, I have seen like many murals painted on walls and I have followed um, uh, the owners on Instagram because like they were sharing some stories on that and I was doing that as a part of my digital ethnography research. But it's still, I would say, it, it's not that easy to find uh, owners who can permit people to write. I love your comparison between Jordan and Morocco. And if we broaden that to North Africa itself and yeah. the Middle East, how are you perceiving these wall writings and paintings and murals as impacting or influencing the sort of boundaries, the, both geographical boundaries, but also cultural boundaries yes. between the Middle East and North Africa? Because as you mentioned, they share common cultures, but they also have different cultures. And you're looking at that question as well. Yeah, it, it's a good point. Um, like the knowledge we have now about imaginative boundaries is the essay from Edward Said. Like he worked on how Arabs and Muslim being orientalized and how the boundaries between Europe and the rest of the world, especially the Middle East, is being drawn through literature, through historical accounts, travel accounts. But it was a comparison between Europe, like the global north and the global south. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was more of a personal question because like as a Moroccan, I grew up with a North African background, like Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and to an extent Egypt have been always uh, the closest cultural backgrounds to me. I mean, when like Algeria or Tunisia, for instance, play against a Middle Eastern team, I would go for Tunisia. Like, I feel more closer to them. I grew up with their rap music, with their football teams. Mm -hmm. And I have always been told that, hey, you're Moroccan. You're not a Khaliji. You're not from the Gulf. You're not a Mashariqi or Arabi. You're not from the Middle East. So I wanted to know more how this complexity of Morocco being like Amazigh, Arab, Andalusian, having Arabic as an official language and French as a first foreign language, and that many people speak here, which is not the same case in the mm -hmm. Middle East, except like for Lebanon and some other countries. Mm -hmm. And I want to know like how these murals, the symbols they have, the signs, the stories can redraw or reestablish a kind of imaginative or cultural boundaries between the Middle East and North Africa. And for this reason, I'm using the notions or the terms for the Mashriq and the Maghrib. Mm -hmm. The Mashriq and the Maghrib have a really historical connotation. When we talk about the Mashriq, it's about uh, the place of prophets, about the place of religious schools. And when we talk about the Maghrib, it's North Africa, it's Amazigh, it's the place of uh, saints, mm -hmm. religious scholars as well. So there is a huge difference, even though they are linked to Islam and Arabic. But when it comes to details, colonial experience, indigenous culture is kind of different. And also my motivation to know more about this question was Always like Morocco and North African Journal have been put in this box of the Arab world, the Islamic world. Mm -hmm. So my point is not to defend Morocco because my positionality as a Moroccan, but just to know more details about what the so-called the Arab world. The mm -hmm. Arab world, they are not like an Arab world. It's not like a parallel universe. It's just mm -hmm. like some people living somewhere and they don't have an essence. It's just like with historical facts, historical events, political structures. So this question is meant to tackle this dimension. That's great. Well, thank you for coming. I hope it's a personal wish 
for you that when you get, as you continue in your research, that you'll be able to look inside of both countries and especially inside of Morocco mm -hmm. so that you can look at sort of the cultural regional boundaries so yeah. you can get up into the atlas, into the east. I'm a big defender of eastern Morocco and into the reef and into other cities uh, around the country and the same in Jordan where you can actually begin to look to see if the wall writings and the murals reflect, as you say, they always reflect personal and neighborhood priorities or influences, but it would be nice to see if they reflect sort of the, uh, we're from uh, Midelt and Proud or something yeah. like that, and see what you discover about both countries. So thank you, and uh, hopefully you can come back to northern Morocco next summer because as you know in Asila they have a summer arts festival yeah. that focuses exactly on um, murals yes and I was there just uh, last week and uh, this year it's only obviously because of the pandemic it's only local uh, Moroccan artists so it's actually special this yeah. year they did it but they didn't do it internationally so maybe you on your way back to Rabat you can stop off and take some photos in Asila yeah hopefully thank, thank you, you. John. thank you so much Thank you for listening to Maghreb in Past and Present podcasts. Other episodes are available on our website, www.themaghribpodcast.com, as well as on iTunes and Podbean.